Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey, yo, welcome to another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. That's right. You did it. You did it. You survived Monday and now you're here. Yeah. What did you have for breakfast? Today? Today. I'm going to say that I had... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, what did you actually have for breakfast today? I didn't. Actually, I had some coffee today. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I, it's a lie. I lied. I apologize. Uh, I confess. I repent. I nope, lied. Nope. I, I had, accept it. I had like a, one of those fruit kind of not Nutri-Grain bars, but something similar to that. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, that's fine. And then a cup of coffee and then... Yeah. That best was a, breakfast. That was about it. All, all, no, so money, no object. Best breakfast. Go. Kauai, where I, the Grand Hyatt in Kauai, that's where my Kauai. wife and I were for our honeymoon, Eating and their sand. breakfast was phenomenal there. Oh. Yeah. I mean, the the time, the season, being on your honeymoon, it Experience. makes everything better. Yeah. The but, taste. So it may have been horrible, thing. but it was up there. <laughs> it's like your honeymoon, so it yeah. tastes great. I, I'm a big breakfast food fan. Oh, I, I love it, man. enjoy it. I could yeah. do it all day. Yeah. And uh, honestly, man, you know what I, I, my go-to is on a road trip when we start our road trip, McDonald's, McDonald's, the sausage McMuffin with egg. Mm, and I, I don't care those if are good. those of you listening think that it's clogging my arteries. I, I don't care. You know it's what? A, it's a common grace of God. Some things are worth having despite yeah. the, the cancer causing effects. Dude, they don't serve breakfast 24 seven here in, in Texas at McDonald's. They I, did elsewhere? Yeah. Yeah. That was a thing. Oh. McDonald's announced, hey, breakfast all day. And it was like the greatest oh, day. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. I remember that. And I, I took somebody. Not the whole menu, but most, most of the important stuff. Right. We like to, to you know, we like to encourage our, our, our highly committed participants here at the church and, and meet with them from time to time and take them out. So I wanted to really bless Danny Mayer. So I took him <laughs> to McDonald's the other day and I went to order a sausage McMuffin with egg because they've got it now with jalapenos. And the guy was looking at me because it, it was like, it was like one, it was like one with o'clock. Jalapenos? Yeah. They've got it now with jalapenos. That's amazing. I, right. I wanted to try it. And I got there and the guy looked at me and he was like, we don't, that's, yeah, we have that. But in the morning, like, what? <laughs> he looked at like, what a complete moron. Breakfast all day. He was like, yeah, that ended with COVID. I was like, what? what? How have I not eaten breakfast at McDonald's since COVID? Oh no. I know. It was crushing. I'm sorry, man. It's that's, that's so hard. It's okay. How do you live, man? I mean, it takes so much bravery. <sighs> It's, you know, it's just one step at a time. One step. Yeah. Could we, could, maybe we could do a book or a, like it, maybe a, a biography yeah. or some kind of documentary yeah. about your life. Yeah. Yeah. Like how to exercise great boldness with Pastor PJ. Yeah. Or like subtitle, I got there after 11. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I think that's when breakfast stops being served. Yeah. I mean, this, I think it would go viral. People would need this right now. I think so. I think so. All right. We'll put it in the books. All right. Well, hey, you know what? Whatever happens, God knows that it's going to happen. That's right. And that's the theme of our opening Psalm today, Psalm 139. And we'll go through Psalm 141, but Psalm 139, such a good, encouraging Psalm for so many reasons. We could camp out here for the whole episode. We won't, but we could. Mm. Um, But just the knowledge of the creator of his creation. And this is a Psalm of David. Um, It's interesting. It's bookended here with a, a, at the opening, he says, God, you have searched me and known me. And at the end of the Psalm, he's going to pray that God would search him and know him. Yeah. Keep this going. But he's just, he's exalting God's knowledge. He's exalting his omniscience, which is a big word. That means that he knows all things. He also exalts God's omnipresence, which means that he is everywhere at all times. 
Um, and even just his, his, I think some of his omnipotence as he's pictured as the creator of the psalmist there of David in verses 13 through 16. Uh, but just his knowledge of his verse four, even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. That's a deep knowledge that God knows the words that we're going to speak before we speak them. That's even before we know we're going to speak. Them. Even before we he know knows that he knows. Yeah. It, the, the psalmist asks some rhetorical questions uh, here, starting in verse seven. He says, where, where can I go? Where can I flee? Where can I, if, if I go to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, in other words, the, the grave, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning, in other words, the concept there is, is if, if you've ever seen the sun rise and the, the rays of the sun shoot out from the, the sun, and he's picturing that as, as if I could ride on one of those, if I could take the winds, uh, wings of the morning light and just ride that until the, the horizon. If, if I could do that, even there, your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. The darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day. God knows us thoroughly through and through. And it's because he's the one in, in verse 13 who formed us. And y'all, this is one of the, the key texts that we would point to as, as Christians for why we believe in the sanctity of human life. God is intimately involved in the creation of every human being from the moment of conception. That child is being created by God, formed by God, and he knows that child. Even those that are born from a, a union that's perverse, Even much in the born, same way, yep. like David with Bathsheba. Yep. That baby was also an image bearer and protected. Yeah. Yeah. I, I met with somebody this week uh, who was telling me about the fact that, that he and his wife experienced a stillborn five years ago mm-hmm. and just the, the the heartache that went into that, but just his confidence in a passage like this, that he knew that, that God had created that life. Um, and that leads us to what he says here in verse 16, when he says, in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. I've got a note in my Bible that will follow me in every single one of my Bibles. I, I trust for the rest of my life. And it's a name and the name is West Couch and mm-hmm. there's a date. And that date is October 30th, 2018. Mm. Um, pastor Ron and I were both there. He was a, a fellow pastor with us on our staff in uh, California. And a young pastor, young family, had just come on board with the church shortly before then, was doing good ministry. We had just finished praying together as a pastoral staff. He got up and uh, and left to use the, the restroom and, and, and died. Um, and uh, was just the, the heartache and the, the tragedy of that and losing a, a, a not just a fellow pastor, but a friend um, right. and trying to, to pick ourselves back up and go back. And we had, we had this fall outreach event the next night called fall fest, this big thing that we used to do at our church there. And it, it, I remember just thinking to myself, how do I, how do I, how do I do this? How do I put another foot in front of the other? And the only thing that, that I, I, I came back to by God's sovereignty is Psalm 139 verse 18. Cause the, the, you want to say he died early. He died too soon but not according to, to God's plan in mm-hmm. Psalm 139. His days were finished and God called him home to be with him. The, the, the knowledge, the intimacy, the love that, that God the Father has for those that he creates is, is deep and it's something that is, is comforting even in the hardest of times in our lives. Yeah, we should remember death is a pop quiz. It's not a pop quiz to God. Obviously, he already knows exactly, precisely the number of days you have, the moment in time which he's going to say, okay, time's up. Mm. But for us, it speaks to us to say, look, you better be ready. You have to be ready. You, do, you just don't know. Right. I mean, I think, brother, you, you and I, we drive on this really busy road in front of us. You know, 
cars. Sometimes they make they t- they take some pretty risky moves on, on the road. And I think, man, I, I almost feel like it's just a matter of time before I, I get hit. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna I'm gonna I know it's gonna happen. Will I be ready when that happens? And if it's time, will I be ready to, to clock out? You know, I, I just it doesn't serve us at all to pretend like death is not always an imminent threat to our lives. And and that's helpful because it gives us that clarity and that sense of preparedness. The idea that we should live for eternity and not for the here and now alone. Yeah. And it's it's helpful and encouraging too, because it means that this is not random, right? I mean, yeah, it's not. If, if we don't have Psalm 139 and death is random, man, what a horrible existence that is. Yeah. If Nihilistic have, might as well. Totally. Live like, live like a hedonist. Right. And that's, yeah. Well, I mean, once, once we take God out of the equation, nihilism is the only logical conclusion for us if we're going to be honest with ourselves. Which means what? Meaning that, that there's no point to anything, that, that, that there is no reason for my existence. Um, and that is what every single worldview outside of Christianity seeks to avoid. Mm-hmm. Because once you reject God, the only natural conclusion is to become a nihilist. And that's why all of these origin, religions have arisen and all of these different worldviews have emerged to try to jump through all kinds of different hoops, even denying logic now with postmodernism yeah. that's come out in order to try to avoid nihilism because nihilism is the cold friend of the person who rejects God. And that's all that's left in the end. I'm sure I've heard atheists try to say something to the effect of, um, for those of us who don't believe in a God doesn't remove our purpose. We just give our lives our own purpose. We determine the purpose by which we exist and for what we do. Right. And, and that's where I would say death is the brick wall to every other worldview besides Christianity, because that, that atheist's purpose ceases at death and, and they're left to wrestle with the writer of Ecclesiastes going, and what good is my life? Right. I've left all my accomplishments to somebody else after me. Who knows what's going to happen, whether or not I'm even going to be remembered. And, and, great you've got a purpose here now for the next 60 years maybe 70 years then what yeah you have a temporary purpose not transcendent purpose death is the ultimate arbiter and death is the 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 gateway to nihilism for all who reject christ that's good psalm 140 um psalm 140 uh, is another psalm of david and it's it's similar to what we've read many times before david is is turning to the lord he's um praying for judgment against the wicked. He's asking for God to deliver him. He's asking him for preservation and for guarding. And so again, it's, it's another Psalm with similar themes, but it's, it's worth just being reminded and it's why it's there in the scripture. It's not there uh, for a, a, no reason. It's there to remind us that we can turn to God in seasons like that. It also reminds us too, that a godly man does not take protection for granted. Mm. He seeks the Lord's protection. He re- recognizes he's afflicted and needy. Righteousness demands humility and humility will go to God for the protection that we so often desire and get often without even praying for. Yeah. Yeah. Psalm 141, uh, again, a Psalm of David crying to the Lord to, to listen and to hear his prayer. Um, I love verses three and four though. Set a guard over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not let my heart incline to any evil to busy myself with wicked deeds. Just a, a great prayer of David just wanting God to, um, to, to help him in his quest for integrity. And that gets to kind of the Philippians 2, 12 and 13 notion for us that we are to work out, out our salvation with fear and trembling, mm-hmm. knowing that it's God who's at work in us, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Right. Um, and so it's this, it is that tension as believers to go, okay, so what does that look like? Well, from our perspective on a day-to-day basis, it means that we need to take action and plan to live upright and godly lives in this present age, like Paul says to Titus. Right. But we know what undergirds our ability to do that is God's grace within us. Amen. And so David needs to set himself here to 
watch his words and to make sure he's not busying, him, busying himself with wicked deeds, but he's rightly acknowledging that he needs God to enable that obedience in his life. And even beyond that, in verse five, he acknowledges that it's, it's not him alone that's going to do this. He, he welcomes the righteous man mm-hmm. who rebukes him. Yep. Let a righteous man strike me. It's a kindness. Let him rebuke me. That's that's oil from my head. Let me, let me not refuse that. I want that because I want to set a guard over my life. I do want to keep watch over the door of my lips. I need protection, not only from the Lord, but the Lord's going to use other people in my life to rebuke me righteously. And it would be our wisdom to welcome and appreciate righteous rebuke as painful as that is. Yeah. So who is that in your life? Let me, uh, let me, let me have you guys think on that for a minute. Um, just as you're listening right now, do you have somebody in your life who can put the finger in your chest and say, you're out of line and what you're doing is wrong. What you're doing is not in keeping with what God's word is and what he wants for you. My wife, for sure. Who is that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I would say that. I think you are that person in my life, too. You're Um, welcome. Yeah, thank you, man. I, I like when you strike me, it's a righteous thing. It, <laughs> That's right. It hurts. You know, black eyes sometimes. I've got to cover it up with a roundhouse kick that I did that last time. <laughs> Probably a bit excessive. No, but but that is it, it is true, and I know I know that Pastor Rod will do that in my life, and that's what makes it so good for us to be a team is vice versa. is he's going to come in and, and say, Hey, I think you're, you're out of line here. And so that's, that's good. And I hope that's a comfort to you. If you're a part of our flock that you know that our pastors, your pastors have that kind of relationship. That's right. And, uh, and care for one another. It's called love. When we get into first Corinthians chapter 10, then in our new Testament, new Testament, if I can new, new Testament, new Testament, <laughs> in a new Testament today, <laughs> we have disciplined our bodies. Um, yeah. Verse 27. I don't do accents. Verse 27. Paul said, I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching Christ to others, I myself should myself should be disqualified. <laughs> speaking of speaking of shellfish. He's talking about that. And then he gets into 10 and gives an example. And he says, like, basically, for I don't want you to be unaware, brothers, there were some that were disqualified. Yep. The fathers in the wilderness, they disqualified themselves through their disobedience, their grumbling. And he says this twice in our text that the things in the Old Testament were written down for us as examples yep. for us to learn from, that we might not desire evil as they did. So I read our Old Testament. Yeah. Or verse 11. Now, these things happen to them as an example, but they're written down for our instruction. Um, Therefore, let anyone who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. We need to learn from the examples of others and not think that we're above committing the same sins and and, and wandering into the same errors, which to go back to the psalm that we just read is why we need the church, right? why we need each other. Uh, to help us in that. So scary. And and the, the beginning verses of verse chapter 10, Paul says, look, did you, I don't want you to be unaware. He, he's doing, he's done this before with them several times at this point, but he'll he, the, what he says here, our fathers were all under the cloud. They all passed through the sea. They all were baptized into Moses in the cloud. They all ate the same spiritual food. They all drank the same spiritual drink. And he continues, he says, and here's, parenthetically the rock they drank from was Christ. But then he says in verse five, nevertheless, with most of those people, God was not pleased. Mm. That's scary because he's saying, look, I don't want to be disqualified. These guys were all disqualified because they failed to understand. They failed to exercise trust, faith, and repentance. And that same reality can happen to you, Christian. Mm. You could be at one of the best churches your country has to offer and still miss out. Pastor Moses were these guys as pastor, and most of them did not get it. Most of them did not pass. That's scary, and that's a helpful, even though it's a sober warning for all of us, not to take for granted the spiritual privileges that we have, but we should use those privileges and and let them drive us to humility, faith, repentance, and followership of Christ. Yes, yeah, good word, good warning. Our, our 
passage ends with a, a text talking about temptation. And, uh, and we, we talked about in the, the Psalms that we read about our relationship and pursuing sanctification and how God enables that within us. And, and here we see some connections again in first Corinthians chapter 10 here, where he says, no temptation has overtaken you. That is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. So here's a, a practical example of what this looks like to work out our salvation, knowing that it's God who's at work in us, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Because God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. And so as Christian, as, as you experience temptation, uh, it's, it's often helpful to, to remember that there is a difference between temptation and sin. Mm-hmm. To feel temptation is not to sin. But James would say temptation, when it is given free reign, produces sin, sin it gives birth to, to death. So I do think there's a dividing line there. And I think that, that passages like this help remind us that there's an open door to flee from that temptation when that temptation arises. Yeah. I want to point out a quick thing that you, that you're, you're bringing up pastor PJ and notice here that the, the way of escape is not out of it, but through it. The scripture says in first Corinthians ten thirteen that uh, he does this, that you may be able to endure and endure does not suggest removal. It suggests going through it. So as you think about this, as you pray this verse and you memorize it, don't think of this as your get out of jail free card. It's basically your get through jail free card. God plans to help you endure it and not necessarily to escape out of it. Right. Right. And I, I, yeah. And I think if we're looking at that on the ground though, what that doesn't mean uh, is if you're struggling, for example, with, with lust that you, you just have to endure through it by going, well, I don't need to put any protections in my life. And I definitely, right. I mean, Paul's instructions to Timothy elsewhere, flee, get out of there. Well, the next verse, verse 14, right. Flee, flee flee from from idolatry. idolatry. Right. So we're not saying never run when you can run. There's clearly precedent for that. But we're just saying more often when God's taking you through seasons of testing and trial, it's going to be through it, enduring yeah. it, and not necessarily escaping it, unless you can avail yourself to it, as verse 14 suggests. Right, right. Well, there's First Corinthians chapter 10, first 13 verses. We'll pick up on verses 14 and following tomorrow in another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. See you then. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. (laughs) 